What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Pazabon, and you are listening to another episode of VGM Generations. This time with me is Norm Garrett. Hello. And absolutely nobody else, actually. Uh, Aaron was supposed to join us today, but he fell ill and uh, just had really no voice, which is not conducive conducive to podcasting. So, uh, yeah, so it's just me and Norm today. So it's be a little bit of a shorter episode. Uh, for those that don't know, VGM stands for video game music, and we are taking you through the generations once a week, uh, three, sometimes two, uh, friends with varied gaming backgrounds get together and take you through some of their favorite music from the games they love. And remember to stick around to the end of the episode for contest details, just like Frank and Barry Jack on iTunes did last month. He left us a very nice five-star review on iTunes, which makes him the instant winner uh, for for our contest last month. And so we'll be reaching out to him. Frankenberry, if you're listening, Frankenberry Jack, uh, reach out to me on Twitter or something. There's no communication method through iTunes itself. So uh, send me a message on uh, Twitter or Facebook, whichever you choose, and let me know who you are so I can uh, gift you one of those two games, uh, either Guacamelee or SteamWorld Heist or Overwatch loot boxes. And like Norm said, if you want to wait for the Christmas... Uh, is the Christmas event on yet? I haven't turned on Overwatch in a little bit. Not yet. Not yet? Uh, okay. I don't know if it's this week or next week. It's probably. It's. I'm sure it's coming up soon, because they generally run for a couple weeks. So. Yeah, pretty quick. So if you want to wait for your Christmas loot boxes, I'm totally fine with that, too. Uh, <laughs> Blizzard won't let you do that, but uh, <laughs> we will. We will, that's right. Uh, and this month, uh, we are talking about... I've decided to name it Jingle Jams. That came from uh, Stephanie. So it's Christmassy, wintery music, uh, a.k.a. Jingle Jams. So uh, I'll go first. And uh, for my pick this week, I picked Mario Party 3, which is, uh, you know, one of the original three Mario Party games that came out on the N64 where the series was born. And I picked the track Chili Waters if you're in North America or I think Chili Chili Lake if you're in Japan. Uh, slightly different name. So that was a game uh, like... Uh, most of the Mario parties that was developed by Hudson Soft, published by Nintendo. Um, and the music is by Ichiro Shimakura. Um, so uh, Ichiro has spent pretty much his entire career uh, working on the Mario Party series. The only other credit to his name that I could find that was of uh, of note uh, to myself personally was uh, he did the uh, some of the music or the sound effects for Bomberman 64, which... Uh, is uh, um, another favorite of my fiance, yeah. Stephanie. That's Do you like that Hudson's game? flagship? Yeah, that's their kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The B too. I don't. know. What's the B from? Sorry, just to sidetrack. You I know have how no Hudson idea. have that B as a symbol. Anyway. Oh, oh, the B itself. Wait, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in Adventure Island. Is that what it is? I know it's in there. Okay, so maybe they took it and then adapted it as their yeah logo. Any, anyway, every time I hear Hudson Soft, I think of that little B. You just see that little B. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, Hudson Soft obviously uh, did lots of games for Nintendo and um, for other platforms as well. Um, but yeah, so um, like I was saying, the sound director, the composer for this game. Uh, actually, um, the other thing I forgot to mention, Koji Kondo actually did some of the music and music work for this game as well. So, uh, But Ichiro has spent his pretty much his entire career working on Mario Party, even when the uh, game... The game uh, later on, I think from like the Wii or the Wii U on, actually um, was taken over by a company that Nintendo formed called ND Cube. Um, and he moved over there with them and kept working on it. So uh, for Mario Party 3, the big the big stickers were there were 70 new mini games, uh, which everybody that was kind of that's if you played the Mario Party series and followed it, that's kind of all you cared about. Yeah, was the new games, right? It was just um, it was just 
what are the new games? I want to play new games because you get tired of playing the old ones. So new ones were always good. Uh, they had what were called dual boards, which was like a um, it was like kind of for like a two player uh, variant of the game. So it was just you and another player. And then you each had like a CPU companion or you could just play against the CPU with another CPU companion. And your companions were like Goombas, Koopas, uh, Shy Guys, Boos and stuff like that. And you would go around the board and you were actually trying to run into the other player and then it, based on the direction that you ran into them whether you were in front of them or behind them you would do a bat you would have like a battle your your guys would have a battle and you would lose hearts so you had a five heart pieces and you were basically trying to take off all their hearts while re- keeping all of yours so that one was a little weird people didn't really like that um there was a solo campaign mode where you basically played like a st- they gave the game a bit of a story mode and you would actually play like every board in in a row also, people didn't love that. And mostly the reason, like I read like the IGN review for this game uh, that came out way back. And it was, the problem is even when you play solo, they make you watch the CPUs play all the games. So the it took forever. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Rather than just be like, do like a little fade in, fade out. You had to watch it and there was no skipping it. So yeah, I remember that you, you wanted a full team of humans to play with. Otherwise, exactly. otherwise there was always that computer element that kind of, it wasn't as good unless you had a full team of yeah. players. Yeah. yeah, it's a great four-player game, right? So, and then most importantly, uh, this game was the game that added Daisy and Waluigi to the cast of of uh, players, mm-hmm. which are two iconic characters that ended up showing in all the other like Mario spinoffs, like the uh, the carts, the tennises, the soccer's, you know, <laughs> all the weird Mario games. Uh, so yeah, let's listen to Chili Waters from Mario Party Three. <laughs>
and two were the ones I played the most of. I definitely okay. played three. I think I played them all up until at least six. And then, um, so, yeah, I think I mentioned before the show, this was kind of, it's a good time of year. This is Mario Party season for me because uh, when I was younger, I would always go home to visit my family at Christmas and this is what we would play. I had my cousin and my brother and sister uh, when we were younger and we would play this on the N64 the Mario Party games, and it was kind of our thing at Christmas. So, yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't Christmas for me, but this was also um, uh, like a cousin kind of family game because when I would go, uh, all my family family lives in Ontario, and uh, we used to actually go back in the summers. And when the N sixty four came out, they had it before I ever. I think before I ever got mine. And we used to go back there and then it was like, oh, well, what do you play with your your younger cousins? Because they're all older than me. Uh, and so like, what game do you play with your younger cousins? Mario Party. So we yeah. would go over and I think they had, I think we mostly played one. I don't know if they had any other ones, but one. I did play three, um, whether it was at friends' houses or renting it. I don't think I ever owned it, but I definitely played it. Uh, cause as soon as I was listening, looking for music for this month and I heard this theme, I was like, oh yeah, I know that one. Like it, it, it's, it brought back a lot of memories. So, and I thought that, uh, yeah, so Norm's obviously played a lot of Mario party. I've played a lot of Mario party. So I thought I'd talk about, because I don't know how much we're going to talk about Mario party in the future. I thought I'd bring up some of my Mario party memories from across the series. So, uh, number one is, uh, blisters, which, <laughs> oh Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so especially the very first Mario Party, um, that was the one that like everybody had blister for because there was a couple games where the to do the action of the game, you had to spin the control stick. Yeah. That also broke a lot that of controllers. That game definitely ruined a lot of controllers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. because you would wear, because the way the 64 uh, controller is built, that basically it's a little ball uh, rotating inside a little holster. And so when you rotate, a game, rotate it like that, you actually wear down the plastic yeah and then you have that loose joystick yeah, the that, limp. yeah you oh. can tell when someone's using <laughs> everybody yeah. knows that everybody yeah. knows that from like the the shitty controller right but um yeah so there was a thing and so of course you can spin your hand around a lot faster you can spin your thumb around yeah and so what everybody would do would take their palm put it on the joystick and just spin it around as fast as possible but what that does is give you a brutal blister right in the center of your palm and um this was actually such a big problem that Nintendo almost faced lawsuits uh, about it. They got, I think it was like they got like, it was some ridiculous number of letters written into them from like concerned parents about, mm. you know, all my kids keep getting blisters. And um, they actually did a thing with Nintendo Power where they sent out like, hey, are you getting blisters? Like they did like an ad in the magazine and they would send you a free glove that had like a plastic <laughs> palm. And so you put on the glove when you played and when you did it, obviously it protected you. And that was their solution to it. And one of my friends actually had the glove. He actually sent in for it. So, but I, he lost it by the time, but he said he had ordered it and got it. So that was kind of funny. That's interesting. Nintendo has been... I guess kind of good about responding to that kind of stuff because you think about it. I didn't know about that one, but yeah. then there was the Wii, obviously, where people were losing their... Well, people were then, throwing their yeah. Wiis through the TV. And then they kind of had that system where they'd provide you with extra straps or those... Um, those the essentially condoms, straight, as we called them. Yeah, the straight jackets. <laughs> the, the rub, yeah. yeah. And then even the 3D... The th or the DS, they had this little thumb stylus thing that they would give away too. I oh, I didn't know, know about that one. Yeah. Okay. So 
but yeah. always kind of had to respond with some kind of extra peripheral. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of funny. The other uh, Mario Party one I want to talk about is uh, kind of the more embarrassing, but now in retrospect, very funny was so one um, one day me and my friends were getting together and we decided uh, we wanted to play Mario Party. And it was kind of I think it was about a month after Mario Party 8 had come out. And that was the one on the Wii. Um, and Mario Party, as the series went on, got really weird. And it originally it was kind of a competitive game. There were a couple things where like you could send a boo to grab your your enemy stars or your enemies uh, coins, but it was always a chance thing. Like it didn't, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, chance that. time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, but the game became like less and less competitive. It became more of just like a random random game, and a lot of the games were just random outcomes. Like there was no skill involved, but the thing about Mario Party 8 was there was one game in it and it was <laughs> I can barely say this. it was a, like a pop shaking game. So because it was the Wiimote, right? So you're supposed to take your Wiimote and shake it as furiously as possible. And then it's like at the end of the at the end of the timer, you see who's like spray out of the can is the highest. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so obviously if you can imagine four young boys in the basement and furiously shaking their Wiimotes to shake up the pop can. And we were playing and I knew this game was in in there. And I was like, man, that would be really embarrassing if like my mom happened to come down just as we were playing this game. Sure enough. <laughs> no, no, my mom doesn't come down the whole time. The soon as we start that game. So like as soon as the game starts, not even that I can pause it before mom walks in and like <laughs> it's just for teenage boys rant like furiously shaking their Wiimotes. So you, I'm sure you can picture what I'm talking about here. I mean, being teenage boys, did you ham it up a bit? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you knew what you were getting. Exactly. <laughs> everybody, everybody knew what they were doing. So, uh, but yeah, those are my, those are my two Mario party <laughs> <laughs> memories. Uh, Norm, do you have any particular ones that stand out? Yeah. Well, one thing we did was we would, we would always have to be the same the same character. So I think when we first played Mario Party, I mean, it didn't matter who you chose, right? No one no. had special benefits over the others, but we just decided that you had no choice but to continue and use the character that you chose okay. originally. So my cousin had to be Donkey Kong and my brother had to be Wario because he loves Wario. Okay. So he had, and yeah. It what, was, was it, what was your character? I was Luigi. Luigi? So, oh, that's a good pick. Yeah. I like Luigi. <laughs> but... I just remember there was one mini game. It might have been in the first or second. And it was like you had to ride a bike to power a light bulb. Yeah. And the light bulb had to like. It, had it was to like, basically to turn it on. Wasn't it had it? to get light in the room to scare whatever the uh, darkness oh, yeah, yeah. was. It was to scare a boo away because a boo was coming. Okay. And the, then you would like pedal furiously yeah, and it yeah. would power the power up the light bulb. And when the light bulb yeah. shone brightly, it would scare the boo away. And I just remember Wario. The best animation is when he's on that bike, he's like standing up on this on the exercycle and like looking over his shoulder at the boo. It's just yeah. hilarious. Memory. Okay. Yeah, that's funny because his squat little Wario legs, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's fantastic. So yeah. Uh yeah. So those are some of our Mario Party memories. If you have any out there that you care to share with us on Twitter, uh, feel free to send those over. There's lots of good stories from Mario Party. Uh so Norm, what do you uh what game do you did you pick for us this week? I guess it's kind of a Mario Mario episode because yeah. I've chosen uh, Paper Mario, the Thousand Year Door. That was the second Paper Mario game came out for the GameCube in 2004. Uh, it was developed by Intelligent Systems. I believe they've done all the Paper Mario games. Um, 
one of my favorite Nintendo studios, uh, probably my favorite, um, public, published by Nintendo, of course. So this is the f- first Paper Mario game I played. I went back and played the original after this one, but this is uh, far and away my favorite of them all. Uh, one thing with Intelligent Systems games, it's, they've always had really, really good localization and writing in them. Just yeah, They really do a good job at, at bringing the humor over. And I think Paper Mario is probably my favorite Largely because of the translation, it's like my favorite Mario universe that Nintendo's fleshed out on. Mario doesn't really talk in it. Uh, he makes you know his uh, standard sound effects, but he doesn't yeah. really. He, <laughs> it's it's an RPG style game, and in a lot of RPGs, the protagonist just doesn't talk because I guess it's supposed to be you. Yeah, um, they like just kind of make noises, right? Yeah, like Chrono Trigger, Super Mario RPG, Mario. Like they never talk and they kind of just let you control the character. But anyway, it's the toads in this game. They're all big jerks. <laughs> like they did a really good job representing the toads. Um, they're just kind of, they're all sarcastic and like almost nihilistic. Just <laughs> wow. like, yeah, they're just, it's, it's kind of hard to describe, but there's always these situations with the toads and I just get a kick out of it. Even to this day, like I played Color Splash, which was, the Wii U version yep. came out last year. And yeah, yeah, yeah. They still maintain that image of the toads. And to to go off track just for a second, the I remember Color Splash because everybody on Reddit freaked out about that game about how realistic the lemons looked. Because I guess there's powers where you like import real life things, and there's one where you like slice open a lemon and squeeze lemon juice or something, and it like the lemon looks so real. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually haven't finished Color Splash yet. Okay, I'm going to. I own it. Uh, I just got sidetracked with other stuff, mm-hmm. so maybe that'll be my holiday title. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, like I'm, I'm kind of gushing over Paper Mario. I, I love the series, and even Sticker Star, where I don't think that one got very good reception, no. but yeah. I really liked it. Did you? So, okay. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, onto the music. Um, the music's really interesting in Paper Mario, especially the Thousand Year Door. Uh, very unique. It's almost. I was thinking about it, and there's something. There's just an essence to it that I've never really been able to nail down. It's I think it's kind of like what game music might have been like if sampling was never introduced. This is very, it's electronic sounds, but very modern electronic sounds. But at the same time, it's almost made to sound like older video game music. So it's, it's just really interesting. So anyway, uh, being December, being snow month, the track I picked uh, is from the far outpost. It's just this, uh, it's this outpost far away the, <laughs> it's in kind of like a polar region okay so let's uh, i'll talk a bit about the composer and stuff but uh, let's have a listen to far outpost from paper mario the thousand year door
Yeah, yeah. There was a, a couple of spacey tracks in this game, but you can kind of hear in the track. There's just all these strange electronic sounds that they're not quite. They don't try and sound like real instruments, like a sample would, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're kind of just more advanced electronic sounds than you would have heard in like the NES or whatever. So, because I haven't played this game, I just want to ask: Is like when you go to the far outpost, is it like a like a kind of a futuristic base or something like that? Is that why the music sounds the way it does? Or uh, there's a bit of yeah space ness in the game. Okay, so but I I think it's just more of a cold. You know these these snow themes, winter themes. They always kind of have this this ambiance to it, and there's always like high pitched little. Well, you can hear it in that track and yeah. and other tracks. Just I, I don't really know how to explain it, but. It's kind of common amounts among snow themes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's another track that might come up uh, later um, in the month. I'm not sure, but it's from uh, Metro Prime, Fendrana Drift. Yeah, this this reminds yeah, me exactly. Of that. Yeah. It's got that essence as well. Yeah, um, for sure. I didn't I didn't go into the composer. Uh, yeah, I should. The music was by uh, Yoshito Sekigawa, formerly known as Yoshito Hirano, I believe. Uh, name changed through marriage. I think I didn't okay. get a lot of details, but uh, yeah. And Yuka Tsujiyoko. So uh, most of the Intelligent Systems games, they've all got really great music. And most of them have uh, these composers on them, especially Yoshito. Uh, I've seen on Advance Wars, Fire Emblem, the Paper Mario games. So uh, just a big fan of their stuff. So they're kind of, I think, Intelligent Systems in-house music team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're still doing, like they did the most recent Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem game and stuff. So on the the mobile one or yeah, what the newest one? There were two this year. There was a well, yeah. There was a the, yeah. The Fire Emblem series has been weird. Like I, I don't really keep track because I'm not a big Fire Emblem fan. But like I know they did like they did one that's kind of like a um, like a Warriors game where it's like just one of those big run across the field and battle enemies, kind of like Hyrule Warriors. They did yeah. Fire Emblem yes, Warriors. They did yeah, and then they also did um, which generally have like a rock oriented soundtrack, and then. They also did like a, a proper Fire Emblem game 
Yeah. On the 3DS, I believe. Yes. Yeah. And I got that one. So yeah, I think they... And there's one... And they announced one for the Switch, too. Yeah. And one of the Nintendo Directs, they're like, there's a full Fire Emblem game coming for Switch, and people freaked out about that that's because true. That's people right. were pumped. Yeah, and then there's the mobile one that also came out. This and year. then there's the mobile one. They're just one. like plastering Fire Emblem everywhere. Yeah, it they just gotta, seemed... they got to get back to Advance Wars. I mean, I'm happy they're doing more Paper Mario games because yeah. there was one this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is it Advance Wars? So Advance Wars is Intelligent Systems as well. Yeah, okay. It is. So they're yeah, they're, they're actually you know I didn't really put it together just because I'm not a big RPG guy, but they obviously are like a huge RPG, especially on Nintendo platforms. You yeah. know, they're their like in-house, you know, showcase RPG studio. For sure, yeah. Cool. Anything else about uh, Paper Mario? Any not, other Paper Mario memories? Not really. I mean, th- I think I said, said Thousand Year Door is definitely my favorite one yeah. so far. Um, the art style is really cool. I think that's a big thing I like about it. Just the whole... They got really thick-lined. Yeah. I, I like thick outlines and stuff, and they just, I don't know, they're just really good representations of the Mario characters yeah um, like, i actually i will say uh like i said my fiance steph she is a big fan of paper mario and that's also one of her favorite things is the art style yeah. and uh over the years um when we first started dating she gave me a uh, like a hand uh watercolor painted uh birthday card and she's like continued that over the years and a lot of them have been paper mario themed just because she likes those characters so much and yeah. they translate into like inking and watercoloring really well so uh, I love those. Those yeah. are some of my most treasured possessions and they're all thanks to Paper Mario. So even though I haven't played a lot of them, I have to thank it for that. <laughs> cool. You should play Thousand Year Door, if not the other ones. The They're all really good, especially the first two. Is the story uh, like canonical? Does it travel through or is it kind of a new story every time? It's kind of a new story every time. Okay. Yeah, so there, I, there I are could start on Thousand Year Door oh, yeah. and it'd be no problem. Yeah, for sure. Cool. All right. Well, yeah, so like I said, short episode this week. That's all for our picks. Uh, but uh, we can go into what we've been playing. And I guess, Norm, technically it's your turn. Uh, have you been playing anything? Uh, I started playing the new Wolfenstein. Oh, so Wolfenstein 2. Just, yeah, I just picked it up. The the new Colossus. The new Colossus. And? Yeah. That's uh, good. Uh, how how far are you are you in? Are you only in like 10 minutes? Or? Not not terribly far. I really liked the first one, the first new, the new order. Yeah. The story is really good. Like it's it's a heavy hitting story. It's not light. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and I like that. I like intensely story driven games. Uh, unfortunately, the gameplay in the new one, I I'm having a lot of trouble with the how it's implemented, like motion, like head bobbing, and oh, okay. It almost tries to simulate human motion, but because you don't have a pair of, it doesn't do the. You know how if you move your head, your eyes compensate for the movement of the room and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. that, but if your eyes didn't compensate, so it's really <laughs> okay. It's very distracting. Is it, it kind of like disorienting? Yeah, and a lot of people are are upset about that. And okay. someone actually re- released a mod, an unofficial that mod it. that removes the head bob. So I'm kind of interested in looking. Okay, into that. yeah, but I guess uh, if you're playing it on PC, you can do that. I wonder if maybe they'll release a patch too. I um, yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I could see them doing it. You know, it's not the first time a game would have been modified that way. So yeah, I, I maybe it's after just playing Overwatch for so long because that game is so tight and the aiming is so yeah, so you, perfectly. Yeah, done. you're you're you, kind of on a swivel on that yeah, game, right? So, so if I could get the aiming, if I could remove the head bob or minimize it at least, I think I'd enjoy the game a lot more. The okay. story so far is really good, though. So the story of Wolfenstein, just to go into it a bit, is that the first one was that the the new Colossus was that Nazis won, right? Yeah. They and like, then they took over America? Yeah. Okay. And then your your uh, BJ Blaskowitz, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Commander Keen's granddad or something. Okay. And yeah. you're you're basically there to 
kill Nazis. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> it's basically the story. And I know that they said that the the the, the Wolfenstein 2 got a little more like almost goofy, like like kind of like there's some weird humor in there. There's some goofy stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, cuz you have don't you have like uh take drugs or something? I just I remember that from the trailers like there's a scene where the guy like injects himself or something and he sees like these like neon butterflies and stuff like that. Maybe you're not there. In the I game don't think yet. I'm there yet, but okay. I wouldn't be surprised. But you know what? I think I know Norm's been playing Overwatch. I've been playing Overwatch. <laughs> We're going to continue the trend of including Overwatch loot boxes. So we'll say officially for this month or for this week added to the giveaway is Overwatch loot boxes, which I think is just going to be added to the giveaway forever uh, from now until eternity because I don't think I'll ever stop playing Overwatch. <laughs> And I know no more. No, no arm won't either. So no time soon. Yeah, no, exactly. So uh, to enter that contest, all you have to do is hop on to your social media platform of choice and interact with us in any way, shape or form. Uh, leave us a comment. Leave us a like. Give us a retweet. Uh, you know, check us out on Facebook. Maybe comment thumbs up uh, our post there. Um, or, of course, for the for the 10,000 entries into the contest, uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes, just like Frank and Barry Jack did last month to win. Uh, and that's like I've always said is pretty much an instant win. Uh, you can also leave us a review on Stitcher. And uh, of, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, uh, it's also very helpful if you uh, talk to it, like let us know on Twitter that you left a review or on Facebook, just so I know who you are, because there's no way to communicate through iTunes directly. Um, and of course, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, uh, topic suggestions, song suggestions, uh, feel free to leave us an email at the email address vgmgenerations at gmail.com. Very easy to remember. So yeah, that's it for our first kind of shortened week of uh, Jingle Jams. <laughs> and uh, we will catch you guys next time. Next time.